and he looks at his men and goes, I have wept for the fallen. And tonight we will bury our friends and family. We will give them the honor that our captain denied them. And Victor will answer for this. This I swear to you all. I think that since Josiah has already shown up one, let's let's go and get him done. Josiah is next. We are going to introduce this man. So, we find ourselves in a dimly, you know, torch-lit, stone, long hallways, cell after cell. And uh, we are in an underground-type prison. <clears throat> uh, it's just damp. Uh... A little on the colder side. Uh, the sound of leather brisk. boots got you. Say what? It's a brisk, a brisk uh, 68 degrees in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's 68 with no breeze. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the sound of leather boots uh, you hear going down uh, the rough stone ground. Everything's stone. Stone and torches. Um... You hear these foot, these uh, footsteps echoing, and uh, you see you see Josiah Great Barrel. We'll describe what it looks like in a moment. Kind of just looking down, sitting and looking down. So these steps are going down the hallway, and they stop at Josiah. And uh, there's in in the uh, prison door. There's a slot that uh, slides open, and uh, a, a bowl a bowl of leftover soup. <laughs> 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 no, no. So this just sloppy bowl of meat and vegetables, presumably a meal, gets kind of dropped and lands near, lands inside of Josiah's cell. And uh, this this guard, you hear his voice pouring in through the open slot, and he says, "Here, this is for you." And I've included something for you to read to go with your meal. This comes straight from the warden. Think of it as your bedtime story. Except it's all about you, you miserable, traitorous sod. Uh, so yeah, he he drops he drops like a roll of scrolls in front of you. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna straight up dip into this uh, bowl of slop. Like the edge of it kind of starts soaking up. And Josiah, just, he barely moves. He he just acknowledges like the the fact that something has been dropped in. But I mean, he is his his eyes are bloodshot red. I mean, he is aching. He is disheveled. I mean, his his normally very well kempt hair is just all over the place. Uh, um, he's got bruises all over him, and he's just yeah, he's he's just not he's not really even into the idea of eating. So he just kind of kind of goes inward on himself a little bit more just kind of look takes a look at the bowl and then just looks looks away from it he's having a real real big pity party nice the guard's gonna have a belly laugh <laughs> not even a thank you his demeanor drops immediately you're an ungrateful prick hurry up and eat your bowl's getting picked up in 30 minutes and uh don't worry about silverware you're not on the approved list yet 
and uh, he's gonna slam the sliding glass thing or sliding metal hatch, uh, and it falls almost completely dark again in Josiah's room. Um, do you do anything in this time? No, he just continues to kind of. I mean, he, he he'll take a look every once in a while, and like maybe he notices that there's papers there as well. But he's, I mean, again, like I said, he's not having it at all. I mean, he's he's just compl- like he's almost like an empty shell of what Josiah normally is. Okay, uh, so this time passes. You're in the dark. Uh, the food like doesn't even smell enticing. Like, not you know, not not for you even in this moment. Like in prison, you don't want this right now. Uh, so the same guard's going to come back. <laughs> no, it's something else. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, you hear these footsteps return again. Uh, this metal slot's going to open up. And he says, Get against the back wall, little baron. Don't try any funny business. I will not hesitate to kill a useless shit like you. And um, he's going to cock a gun. Straight up a fucking regular gun. Before you even ask. Yep. So yeah, now he's straight up. It's a little hand pistol, and uh, he 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 he's holding a like a bullseye lantern, and he quickly does an inspection around your room, and uh, the bull's right where he left it. You know, it when it crashed and hit the ground, it would have tipped over a bit. Some of it spilled, and uh, he's like, "Ah, you really are ungrateful. You haven't even touched your food." And uh, he takes a couple steps back, and he soccer kicks it, and uh, it flies across the room. Excellent aim, and uh, it's gonna smack. Uh, Josiah, would you have been facing this guard to see what was going on? Or yeah, perfect. Yeah, he would have. So, he would have just weakly stumbled up, and I mean, okay. he he hasn't eaten in a while or anything. He's just, you know, like I said, we, very weak, <laughs> very small, very weak, very piteous. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, he would have done the soccer kick, and it's it's gonna fly through the air and straight up pie face you, uh, and this kind of like shredded meat of some animal and you whatever it just splashes across your face, get your whole chest and you're like moist now. <clears throat> the moisture of like this slop is like now you feel the cold coming in. The prison guard lets out this huge laugh again. Uh, he's gonna ask you to return the bowl because it's potentially a weapon. <laughs> Josiah will return the bowl. That's how like how broken he is at this point. Is he he's covered in the slop. He's not making a chance like in an effort to clean it off. He just picks up the bowl and walks it back to the prison guard. So uh, down there by the floor, he picks up you know this stack of papers. He's just gonna toss it at you. He's like, I I think you might enjoy this, and uh, he just laughs about. He just has big belly laugh, laughing at. He thinks you're just the worst piece of shit, and he has fun terrorizing you. And uh, you know he's gonna gather stuff, slam the door. You hear it lock back down. He goes, "Have a good night, traitor," and then slams the little slot in the door. And Josiah will Josiah will take the papers uh, from him and kind of go back to his bed and sit on it. And he's he glances at the papers once and doesn't really pay them any mind, and then. Finally, like, he's getting uncomfortable with the slop on him, finally, and he's like, I need to get this off of me, and he starts, like, cleaning it off a little bit, right. and, um, as he goes to, goes to, like, sit back on his bed, he notices something on one of the papers, and he would, uh, almost, almost ironically read it out loud to himself, just, a summary report 
on the subject of Josiah E. Great Barrel and his discharge from the great sovereign military of Vimros? <sighs> what? What? Okay. And he uh, he's going to read on through it, and uh, as he goes through it, it's going to be like, be like a typical military report where it's just like he, he he's gonna skip over some basics but it's gonna be like name Josiah Bear and Great Barrel um, he sees on there uh, he's still an organ donor which is very funny to him uh, he's gonna kind of like chuckle to that a little bit like a probably in case one of their inmates accidentally kills me uh, he's reading on ethnicity uh, he's from Tham- Thamviran and he notices they changed his weight and he weighs 50 pounds, not 60. <laughs> uh, he goes on to his citizenship to see they, the citizenship still is retained. It shows that he was a bastard formerly, and now he's an authorized citizen. Uh, shows he was authorized by Captain Thul Vullum, and the reason for the citizen authorization was ex- exemplary service in the line of active duty. Um, and he notices that his... Uh, his citizen ID has been changed just slightly. Uh, it's now Tango 54 Juliet 76 Golf fi- uh, 55, and it used to be 54. Um, his current rank in the military is not available, and the for- former rank is was Command Sergeant of Scouting Company 6, Bravo Division. Uh, but as he, he goes through it, it just starts to hit him harder and harder that shows current status decommissioned the reason though is what gets him really on edge and he almost stands up out of anger and and just gross misjudgment of military protocol and acting against the authority of a commanding i didn't act against it i i led my men as best i could he's, he's almost out of breath and out of out of words at that point and just keeps reading on and shows it shows what his sentence was uh, his sentence being that his citizenship would be retained and his rank revoked his pension revoked and all of his military awards over the last 25 years of service um, were also revoked and he also has to spend one year in edifice maximum security uh, prison uh, and just at that it just it's a wave of just frustrated just anger and um, dismay again, and he sits back down on his on his bed, and just like a, a, a thump of dust comes up. Because I mean, these aren't good beds, you know. It's like little hay mattresses, you know. Right. Um, and he's just, he's just thinking to himself, like, my men, like, who's leading my men now? I, I, Brigham, Drosette, I, by tears, Stump. I hope they're okay. And he laughs to himself to even think that his. His uh, rat folk doctor, Talltail, he, he even hopes he's okay. Uh, so while you're, <clears throat> while you're skimming these pages, like you're obviously gonna have like hard flashbacks of your of your military days. Um, uh, we're gonna rewind. Yeah, we flash back one year earlier. Uh, go ahead in this setting. Describe what uh, Josiah looks like. Uh, this past past version of Josiah. So this past version of Josiah, he's got a very clean kempt. Um, jacket on. It's a. It's the the like navy blue of Edifos, uh, and as well as his uh, his khaki jo- uh, joppers. Uh, if you don't know what those are, they're pants that kind of have like larger thigh area, and they're a little bit more padded in for like riding horses or other um, other animals. Um, he's very clean cut. He's got his hair part uh, like 
flicked back and everything. Um, and he's a whole three, uh, three foot ten, as he noted, fifty pounds, not sixty. And he carries a, a gun on his hip, uh, just one single gun, as well as a knife on his side. And he carries himself with a very much like a, a man who knows his job. Like he lo- he loves being in the military. He's loved his life that he's been given from from Thulvolum, and he's very much enjoying like being what he is at this time. So uh, Josiah is uh, frantically going through this camp, and he's just yelling, he's just yelling, Drosette! Drosette! I'm gonna kill that Cragwalker! Drosette, where are you? And as he's uh, as he's running up, my dog starts reverse sneezing in the background. <laughs> it's insane what just what's going on. I mean, there's just so much going on. Yeah, so he's he's going through this camp. I mean, there's sounds of like his privateers picking up uh, their belongings and um, working to working to um, clean up the the camp that that they've got going on. As Josiah is walking around looking for uh, for um, Drosette. His uh, <laughs> his uh, sergeant is gonna his sergeant's gonna be coming up behind him. He's his sergeant's name is Br- is uh, Brigham. He's a very young, um, very young man, but uh, probably about his twenties. And he's he's kind of like Josiah's second in command. As um, Brigham's walk uh, running up, Josiah's gonna quickly turn to him and just uh, Brigham, uh, Brigham, have you seen Drosette? What what race is this man? Brigham is a. He's a human. Sorry. Okay, nice. Oh, a young one. I don't yeah. have a voice ready, but I'm about to make one right now. <laughs> Do it. Oh, that's a great barrel. We we found Drossid. Uh, just as you've asked, but uh, unfortunately, I don't believe the corporal will be of any use with packing today. Uh... Oh. <laughs> uh, he, he like loses his posture now. Now that he, like, he feels like he has to explain what he's seen, and uh, you know, he loses his posture. He like, clearly like, lost any military training in this moment. He's like, well, sir, we, uh, we had an incident uh, with, with the men last night. Uh, no, no one was hurt. Well, not too bad anyways. Uh, there was a lot of drinking. Uh, Br- uh, Brigham, by not hurt too bad, do you mind explaining that part, Sergeant? Uh, you hear in the distance, like not too far, but kind of, kind of coming over. I'm assuming this is a dwarf. Yeah, it is a dwarf. <laughs> uh, the voice of Drosset, the the long lost Drosset of one night. Uh, you, <laughs> what's a crap? Let me get a voice. What's a voice? <laughs> you heard him. You heard him, lads. And I'll drop these lads to their asses all over again. Tears, tits that need learn respect. Josiah, in that moment, finds himself uh, la- like laughing to himself as we, we come back to him in his cell. Uh, he's clutching his hands on that report, and he, he, he can still see the image of Drosette covered in bruises as he obviously lost the fight to these people, and he's all the way down to just his small clothes. He, he looks back up, and he's, he's reminded of where he is now, and he's just he's wondering what happened to Brigham and what happened to Drosette and what they would do in this moment um which brings him to the real problem of why he's even there and just in a real dry throaty voice he just under uh, like he just 
whispers, Captain Victor. And that leads us into our second flashback. I believe this takes place just outside of Edifos now? Yep. Yeah, just outside of Edifos, uh, uh, you're, in, you're in charge of a scouting division, and uh, you guys uh, spend two years scouting all around the city for any type of trouble and uh, just calling in any type of artillery that may be needed. So uh, you're, you're, you've been out for this full two years, and you're ready for a 10-day resting period before switching cities and doing another 10 years or whatever, or uh, two years, sorry. Uh, but as you get to the, uh, to the guard's post outside of the entrance of Edifos, and the guardsman hands us to you, and uh, you're reading the letter. The letter says, uh, Henceforth, Division 7 will be dissolved and reformed as the 6th Scouting Company, Division B. This company will not retain any benefits from the previous division. As such, the new two-year term must be met before any of the prior division members may enter Edifos for their 10-day resting period. And then it cuts into Josiah throwing down this crystal-powered device and running over to to the to the edge of this canyon to see a couple of his men like plowing out from a mine just followed behind just dust and um, all kinds of debris as they're as they're just screaming for help and Josiah's gonna see that his men are obviously having a hard time here and something's going on it's wrong so he's going to yell out to his other men, uh, to arms men, and quickly draw his pistol as a gray orc and umbral hulk start pouring through this mine. And a- as he's doing that, he's gonna fire off one shot, hitting an orc and causing several of them to tumble. Um, as he's as this letter starts reading over the scene again. Yeah. So uh, you're, you're seeing this imagery of like this hard battle of a uh, just. They're clearly outnumbered, you know, his division, and uh, just, you know, bunch of gunfire, melees, whatever. And uh, while you're seeing all this scenery, you're going to hear the letter being read over this fight. And uh, the continuation of that letter that he had received is uh, Josiah B. Great Barrel, promotion, command sergeant, salary increase 30%. Philip J. Brigham, promotion, master sergeant, salary increase 25%. Drosset Underhold. Promotion. Sergeant First Class Salary Increase 25%. All other rank and file will receive an honorary salary increase of 45% should they return from duty after two more years of service. These positions are effective immediately. And as those words as those words cut out, a bright light shoots up into the air. Even with Josiah's eyes closed, it's almost like a sun has encapsulated the whole the whole area. It's just that blinding. And um, as it starts to kind of kind of dim down a little bit, he looks up to see the flare that he had just shot off, calling for artillery as his men are just being like slaughtered down in the canyon below. And he starts counting off the sets that all scouting companies are taught um, that by by uh, three sets of three. He should receive a signal from Edifos that artillery is going to be shot and he can get his men out of the way. He starts going through the first set of three, there's still no signal. The second set of three, there's still no signal. And he's just like, come on, light the damn thing, Edifos! Captain, don't leave me here! And he, he hits that, that third set of three and his eyes widen as he knows there's not help coming from Edifos in this moment. Thank you.
and that would uh, that would lead in that, that's going to lead into a scene with uh, with Captain Victor and Josiah Josh okay so you see uh, Captain Victor uh, he's going to be a human man who always keeps his two scimitars you know at the ready uh, he's, a, he's a higher ranking officer than Josiah and uh, he's actually um, he would be a political senator at this point because he's he's got high enough rank where he's technically a senator and in charge of the entire Edifos military. We see him standing in a room behind this big table with maybe six chairs or something for, for small meetings and stuff. And uh, Josiah's uh, just entering. Victor's kind of looking past the, this high table and he's like, Command Sergeant Josiah, I presume. And uh, Josiah, the, Josiah lifts his hand to his head in a firm salute um, of the captain. Sir, yes, sir. You're set to your left. The the flare's still like a quarter mile overhead, still just ready, not quite burning all the way out. Uh, so in this exact moment, the, the battlefield's still pretty well lit up just from this big flare. And uh, yeah, Drosset would not even directly, not even looking first. After Josiah tells him on his left, he's swinging his warhammer, you know, up in the front lines of battle, and it, it lands true. Uh, his eyes meet pretty much at the same time as the warhammer, you know fucking destroying an umbral hulk all in one go and he's like oh oh thank you but uh turn your attention to the boy i'll handle this yeah josiah is, is gritting his teeth as he know he knows that the the dwarf Drosette has some kind of uh some kind of crazy plan that's gonna it's gonna get him hurt it's gonna get him killed like he knows Drosette uh so well at this point that um he wants to talk him out of it, but he knows that Brigham needs help, because Brigham is... He, he's a sergeant, but he's still young. He still has a ton of life to live, so... Uh, Josiah... You hear Josiah's voice just... Drosette, stay alive! I, I, I've i heard the hell... I, You know what? I've heard the ale in hell is awful this time of year, so... Uh, some say it's a bit too warm, so just stay alive, Drosette! And he, uh, he turns over to Brigham and starts um, quickly firing off shots and reloading as fast as he can to try and keep these uh, gray orcs and these umbra hulks off of uh, off of Brigham and trying to like uh, just give some kind of uh, flanking fire to help his men. So here's your assignment. While details are given in the file, I will outline them for you while you're here in my company. And Josiah's gonna glower at him because the file that uh, Captain Victor hands to him is just outside of his reach. Like he's just too short to grab it from the desk. But he has to get up on his tippy toes to try and get it. He's just, he's just thinking to himself, these freaking racist humans. <laughs> like he knows I'm too short to reach that. He knows I have to get on my tippy toes to reach that. It's just so rude. <laughs> but he finally gets the file from him. Grand Sergeant Josiah. You are going to take your men 250 miles north of Edifos. There, you will find a small mining quarry. This mine contains a deposit of iron stones, uh, previously believed to already been, you know, fully collected. He's going to take a couple steps further to you, or uh, a couple steps closer, kind of running his hand down the length of the table. Ah, uh, yeah, these iron stones which we are running dangerously low on. I do not need to remind you that these gemstones are used by our wizards to power our defenses, do I? I assume you're educated enough to know this. No, Brigham! 
and a orc swings his axe across Brigham's face and cuts just deep enough to take out Brigham's left eye. Uh, and in pain, Brigham falls uh, falls to uh, to his knees, just cr- like crumpled and squeezing at his face. Um, so Josiah re- uh, quickly raises Lucky Lucy, his gun, and just starts firing on this orc. Um, but as he goes to pull the trigger, he's out of ammo. Uh, so quickly, he stores the gun, runs forward, and picks up two two axes that. These wouldn't be more than hatchets in the orcs in the orcs' hands, but these are battle axes to him. And he just runs forward and brings them into the orc with all of his might, uh, roaring in anger and just screaming out, just in a, a cacophony of noises that aren't even really uh, intelligible. Uh, as he brings these into the orc to bring him down before he can kill Brigham. Uh, and as we come back to the briefing room, he's he's looking up to Cap- Captain Victor. Very much neck craned back as Victor's towering yeah. over him. Yes, uh, yes. Just, you can go ahead, sorry. And he's just like, Sir, sir, there's a concern amongst my men. We've been out scouting for the last two years, and many of them are ready to apply for full citizenship or for new positions within the military. These promotions and pay raises are appreciated, but I think his many head, would actually like to. He's going to slam his hand on the table. And, um, as, you know, he's dragging his hand across the table, walking closer and closer. As he reaches the corner of the table, closest to where, where you're at, he slams his hand on the table. He says, Josiah, let me be clear. I do not like your kind. I do not empathize with your kind. I do not sympathize with your kind. I couldn't give a fuck an ounce if your bastard men survived this mission. Consider it the greatest kindness that I allow you to even step foot in this city. And he kicks a chair over, turns around. He's kind of pacing just a little bit here, kind of clack clack. He makes about halfway down the table. And he says, if it was not for the subsection laws that that did not allow me to shorten your rest period without incremental promotion and pay you, I wouldn't have even done that. And uh, he reaches back to like his head chair and turns around. He says, now, command sergeant, get the hells out of my office. Yeah, Josiah quickly, quickly, like, he, he's trying to contain his anger as he knows he can't, he can't take on Victor right now. He's, he's just a command sergeant. So he gives a salute, turns, and walks out the door. And as he's walking out the door, you find Josiah standing in front of him. The dirt around him is soaked in blood. And he has he has just grime plastered all over him and cuts uh, through his once pristine, clean uniform. And his hair is just disheveled. He's completely different than how we found him at the very beginning. And he reaches down and takes this grime soaked dirt and runs it down his face, like like almost like a tribal like let's like showing his men he's with them. He runs it over his face, and he looks at his men and goes, I have wept for the fallen, and tonight we will bury our friends and family. We will give them the honor that our captain denied them, and Victor will answer for this. This I swear to you all. And you hear his men clapping and cheering as it fades back to his back to his cell, and tears are forming in his eyes, and we're finding a Josiah that's a little bit older than what we saw in the beginning. He's starting to grow a little bit of a beard out uh his eyes are more sunken in and 
the paper that he once held is much more uh, um, crumpled and much more ruined than how he first found it. And he's just, I'm going to kill that man. His, as his voice is still very dry, as he's, he hasn't been taking care of himself. But he's starting to find a new resolve the closer he gets to, to freedom. That he's going to get out of here and he's going to take down Victor. <clears throat> At this time uh, in the prison, you're going to hear a small group of footsteps approach the door once more. Uh, you're only, the only thing you're used to is a single foot of footsteps, a single visitor with your sloppy meal of the day. But this time there's a group of footsteps, and this is going to pique your interest. Um, you hear the same guard that you always hear. Josiah Great Barrel on the back wall. And you hear the key uh, falling through the tumblers. And it opens up. And what you see is a um, a, a woman with uh, short hair, uh, just turning gray, like just just now getting up in the years where her hair is gray. And um, uh, you would recognize her as the warden of this uh, as this prison. Josiah is going to look at them standing against the wall and just, can I help you? Uh, she kind of she kind of has a note or like a, a a letter that she's looking at and she looks down at it and she looks it up at you. Uh, she rolls it back up just without without breaking eye contact. She hands it she she hands the scroll past her shoulder to one of the guards and she says, "Little Baron, today's your lucky day. We're bringing you to the branding room." And uh, you would you would know uh, from how the prisons work here. Uh, whenever you receive your brand. Uh, you're free to go the day it's fully healed, uh, so you're gonna you're gonna get your brand, and then you're good to go out of prison. And um, they put you in shackles, uh, hands and ankle, or, uh, wrists and ankles and shackles, and you're you're almost on a leash. And uh, all the three guards are like manhandling you down down this hallway, and like I can't believe this traitor's getting out anyways. I think we should lock him for good. And uh, the warden's like, well, we've got the orders, and we must follow the law as written. And uh, they, they put you back in this... It's not really fully a chair. You're mostly vertical, but tilt back just enough to where your, your body weight's kind of being held up. And you're strapped down by your shoulders, strapped down on your thighs and stuff. Your forehead's strapped back. And uh, the, the brand's already been waiting in the forge. And uh, your, your, your prison clothes that you've been wearing just gets ripped in half down the middle. <laughs> All the buttons pop off and fly around, and uh, uh, some other guard that you've never seen before—he's wearing like a welder's helmet, and he's all suited up to not be hurt by the heat or whatever. He pulls out this this uh, this big triangle brand, and uh, he brings it up to you, and he's like, "This may sting a bit," and uh, he pushes it deep into your chest, and the triangle-shaped brand—it's uh, fully. You know, you know, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it burns yeah. up real I'm, bad. I imagine he grits his teeth at first because he's trying to like, you know, he's trying to be like a, a manly halfling. You know, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna scream in front of these. I'm not gonna give him the pleasure of it. But the longer it's held there, he just starts roaring and in, in pain. Yeah. And uh, one one of the guards, the one that's been feeding you, the one guard that's been bringing you, know, he laughs at it. He enjoys your pain. And. uh... Uh, they let you sit, they let you leave you in that chair for you might lose consciousness because just the extreme pain uh, you stay strapped in like this until you come to 
And uh, you kind of see him sitting around a small circular table just waiting for you to come to. And, uh, and uh, the warden gets up first and she's like, oh, good. He's back with us. Uh, once again, you will wait in your uh, a holding cell until you're fully healed. And uh, they bring you to a different, you know, not maximum security anymore. They just kind of bring you to, like, the holding cell towards the front. And uh, you're plopped in there uh, for about ten days. And then you're good to go. Uh, so you're going to step foot back into Edifos, leaving the prison finally. Um, your, your, your shirt that you've been left with is its not really in great condition. You can't even close it up right. And uh, Your wonderful brand, the Triangle brand, which represents uh, an attempt on a, killing a sel- senator or some type of higher-up, like the, the brand of an assassin. <laughs> you guys know what I mean. <laughs> So yeah, you're stepping foot in Edifus. People are kind of side-eyeing you and keeping their distance as they see this this bright, deep scar that's already forming. I would I would imagine that as he's uh, as he's like stumbling his way through uh, Edifus, um, he'd be trying trying his best to not make eye contact with anyone. Um, maybe he maybe he stumbles around and finally finds a shop to get him um, to get him a, a new shirt to hide the brand. Like maybe he goes through a couple different shops and they all kick him out because they don't want to have anything to do with someone who's branded in that uh, that way. Um, and well, he fi- finally finds someone that will uh, that will give him new clothes that will like take his measurements and put him in something that doesn't look uh, like he just got out of prison. I'm not particularly a fan of working with criminals, but I've got bills to pay just as any other, and uh, it's a it's in fact a good way to make some extra coin. I, 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 pre- I appreciate it. I, I understand. I understand that it's not the easiest to work with, uh, work with the branded, if you will. Well, we don't have time to waste. I don't really want to be seen with you. So, get in the back room. I'll meet you in five. Josiah is taking. Josiah is hurt a little bit by that because I mean he's for all. At least the last twenty something years, he's been a military like officer to a degree. So he's it just stings more for him. So he uh, he puts his head down and it just nods and starts making his way towards the uh, towards the back nice. room. Uh, you hear you hear chatter out in the shop and <laughs> you're kind of stuck there throughout all midday and all late day. And eventually the club sh- the shop closes and uh, she locks the door and whatever. And then finally meets you back room. She's like, "All right, let's get you outfitted." And you, know, you just go through the tailoring process, and you get like five good sets of clothes, and uh, you're charged handsomely. But you know you have you have enough uh, coin left over from before your sentence that you're able to pay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you have your five new outfits. All of them were specifically tailored to cover up a uh, cover up that branding. Yeah, I imagine from there he uh, once he's he's in new clothes, he's feeling a little bit more like himself. He would. Uh, he would go. He would. He would leave the place and and know like there's only one place left for him to go. Like, and that's right. That's right over to the Griffin Spring, and his good friend Rosaline. You had a you head there. You see your yeah. old friend that you've met each time you've had your military ten day rest here. That is your favorite place to hang out and party. It is one of the few places where, where all your your army friends could happily be rambunctious and have debauchery or whatever spend their money they've been making for two years and this is just the same rough and tough place where uh, you kind of leave your feelings at the door and you just go have a good time 
Rosaline's there, and she's gonna be like, Ah, little Baron. <laughs> Where in the nine hells did you come from? Uh, Ro Rosaline, if I've told you once, I've told I've told you twice. It's Josiah. I, I I don't know why you insist on calling me little Baron. You know, I even found myself telling I told I told someone they could call me that. Just just a, about a year ago, but where where I've been, you know where I've been. Oh yes, I'm, the stories are floating around already, as they always do. I'm I'm sure that you've I'm sure that you've already done your your about to make them worse. <laughs> I like to embellish a bit on the things I hear. Uh, it helps with the tips, you know. I would I would expect nothing less from you, Rosaline. I... Well, Rosaline, I, as you know, I am no longer employed by the military. Yeah, and uh, you look like shit. Well, thank you, Ro <laughs> thank you, Rosaline. You're you're as uh, as prim and proper as always. Now, 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 Rosaline, let's cut to the chase. I need a job, and I need somewhere to stay. They've seized my assets. I was able to get just a, a few coins out of out of the bank before they closed my account. I, I need, I need, I need a, a, I don't want to call it a handout. I'll work for you, but I need something, Rosaline. Well, you're in luck, I suppose. Are, are you interested in doing guardsman work? Uh, these, these drunk bastards get out of the line sometimes, and I don't want to fucking deal with them. Uh, <laughs> Ro Rosaline. I've never, I'm never too good for any kind of work. You, you know that. I'll be whatever you need me to be. And he gives her a little bit of a wink on that. Josiah, you always know what I like to hear. Uh, Joffrey couldn't really handle the job. He was the guard. He was the guard's been here for honestly not too long, maybe four months or something. Yeah. But yes, you could, you could be our guardsman effective immediately. Uh. But the first thing I have to ask for you is, uh, you're gonna have to clean his room out. He, he didn't clean his room out? What'd you do to him? Oh, I didn't do anything. He handled, he handled it all by himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he was a miserable man. If you, if you need help cleaning his room or, you know, dragging his body away or getting him off the rope <laughs> or anything, uh, don't, don't ask me. That's your job. His, <laughs> his body? Yeah, yeah, that poor man, he, he, he didn't like it here so much. And by here, I mean... Like the realm, like living in general. <laughs> You're like just being around. <laughs> well, well Rosalind himself. I, 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 I don't know if you if you remember, but I am. I. He kind of puts his hand at near his head. I am kind of small. I'm gonna need some help carrying a full man. He is a full man, right? She's like, do you, do you want the job or not? <laughs> I'm not touching it. It's it's starting to smell up the hallways. I'm not going in there. Fine, fine, Rosaline. Just let me put my bag. I don't really have a, that much in my bag. So let me just set it around the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. You set it behind the bar. Awesome. He'll uh he'll set his bag behind the bar and start making his way back. Joffrey, what was wrong with you? As he starts smelling the 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 dead body smell and. How's Rosaline been running this establishment with a dead body in it? How long has he been dead? This smells awful. Four days he's been dead. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you, you reach like the bottom of the stairs, 
It's just like, you're, you're a bit dense, aren't you? And throws the keys at you. Like, you still need these. And she just chucks the keys at you. Uh, Rosaline, you know how to make a man feel great when he gets out of prison. <laughs> and he's kind of like itching at his chest a little bit because of the, the brand healing process. Yeah. She she puts both hands on the bars, leans into you, and she's like, now that is one statement I've truly never heard. And you'll only ever hear it from me. And uh, he'll, he'll make his way down there to, to clean out the, the room. Uh, it takes you some time, but you get the job done. Uh, you decide to be a bit respectable and find some type of body bag to tra- drag him out in and not just the body <laughs> itself. Um, potato potato sack. Yeah, big yeah. old potato sack. Well, actually, the, the first bread roll sack that was emptied. <laughs> <laughs> the stale bread roll sack. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Roll sack. Uh, so you finally clean up the room and you become the guardsman of the Griffin Spring. Uh, over a couple of drinks... Uh, uh, Rosaline, uh, she's kind of letting you in. And she's like, now that you're in Edifos for good, uh, I'm a bit of a collector myself, but of course I have this establishment to run. Uh, if you wouldn't mind running some errands for me and, you know, doing some collections, uh, that'd be that'd be worth a coin or two. Rose, lucky for you, I've recently found myself without a position in the military anymore. I... I would say I'm rather unemployed, um, as long- well, I did just get this gig doing guard work for a, uh, uh, a rather, um, a rather, uh, raunchy, uh, barmaid, the, uh, whose hound likes to, likes to reverse sneeze at the most inopportune moments, uh, but as long as it pays well, I can't say, I can't say no, can I? I'll make it worth your while, and... You know, your drinks will be on me. You'll have a place to stay as well. He's gonna he's gonna lean a little bit closer and in and just and just now this is this is all this is all me up and up now, isn't it, Rosaline? I can't I can't be seen doing illegal work now. Oh of course not. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> nothing sh- nothing outside the realms of the law. And uh she winks. And He'll he'll uh, he'll give her a, a nice little wink back and be like, "Well, I think I might be the man for your job for this job then." <laughs> I like this job. new little Baron. Again, Rosaline, Josiah, it's Josiah. She straight up crashes, just throws and crashes one of the ales. She's like, "Sorry, little Baron, can't hear you." <laughs> and he'll he'll laugh a little bit and kind of look around the the tap of the tavern, seeing like just the mix of people that he's now like involved with, and kind of kind of like almost happy where he's at now. But he still knows like he's got he's got work to do before he can do what he really like before he can finish his real job. Ooh, okay. So uh, after a night of these rambunctious men and women of the bar all being disorderly. You don't necessarily need to escort anybody yet, but you have to stay vigilant. Like, this job requires your attention for sure, because uh, it only takes a second for shit to go bad. <clears throat> uh, but eventually they close to 4 a.m., whatever, about 4 a.m., like, finally everything closes up. And you go up into your room, uh, all cleaned up, nice, pretty orderly, like, if someone were to gaze through your room, they'd probably be able to tell you're some type of military man or definitely organized. And uh, if... If that concurs, is that is that align with your identity? 
It does. It, do, cool. it does. You That's would even find maybe a couple, uh, a couple of fictitious books on his, uh, on his um, desk. Maybe, uh, maybe one concerning a, uh, the completely accurate tales of Brenda Mastry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you have a book of that for sure. I hate that author. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as you're, as you're unwinding for the night in your room, uh, you feel this almost as if there's movement in your room, like the wind's not, like the air's not as settled as it should be, and there's some type of movement in your room, and um, you kind of look left and right, like what's off, what's going on here, and um, he would he would place his hand on his weapon, which is no longer a pistol at this moment. Ooh. But almost as quick as like this change in the atmosphere started, it's already over. And um, there's an envelope with like a bright wax, bright red wax seal on the center of your desk that was not there just seconds ago. Um, and uh, some priority mail. Josiah would look around and tentatively start stepping forward towards the envelope, maybe uh, maybe pulling out one of the one of the uh, axes he now keeps at his hip. Ooh. And uh, walk towards the um, the envelope and gingerly pick it up, trying like trying to make sure like nothing's like trapped or anything, you know. Um, and noticing that there's nothing wrong, he's gonna he's gonna place uh, his um, axe down on the table, and then with his free hand, thumb open the uh, the seal and pull mm. out the letter. You open the letter, and it's a short letter, and like. Just loose handwriting, like not an actual scribe or anything did this. And uh, it's just one line across, and it says, The grand reveal will happen soon. Open your eyes, or you may look like a buffoon. And then there's a signature at the bottom that says, The Benefactor. And Shisai uh, will kind of read over it a few times and just, Who the hell talks like this? Why and eventually... this Batman? Eventually he'll just like, shake it, like shake it off as uh, something to like look into. Eventually, but he's tired. He needs some sleep, and he's gonna set the uh, the letter down after you know scoping out his room again for, for any uh, mayor do well.